When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 27. I am Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Buenas noches. Tony B here from beautiful New Jersey. It's happening. Oh, what's up? We're on a Monday. It's Monday, April 16th, 2018, by the way. One day before your taxes are due. Yeah, that's right. Tax day is coming, baby. Have you done your taxes? Big refund or big problem? Yes, have you done your completed your tax obligations? Oh, yeah, I did them like a month ago to get the money back. Excellent. Yeah, can't let Uncle Sam hang on to that cash. You need your own cash, bruh. Yeah, I have to do I have to pay every year because I'm not I'm oh. getting musician pay 1099s um uh. and I don't pay taxes on them until tax time. But um, I don't. Um, say, I wouldn't but, say that I, I have um, an authority or or any sort of uh, extensive knowledge on your obligations for this. But I know, as a musician, it is important to make sure that you document everything, keep receipts, everything that's in and around your playing. If you're getting paid to play, obviously. Yes. Um, and that includes. You can write uh, off a bunch of expenses. Yes. So we are live on the page, uh, Caravan Central page live wisdom time on Facebook, which has now trying to keep a running count here. I can't tell you exactly how much, but we're ninety four thousand uh, three hundred and something. Wow! On the page, and now I'm sharing to the group as well. Caravan Central group has gotten back up and running very uh, quickly, growing again. As I said last week, very smooth operation you got. So yeah, so we're getting uh, between 100, 150 new folks in there a day, maybe more than that. But here we nice. go, post to, to the group now. So we're on the page live and on the group live and on Spreaker live and yes, Rika. Let's see, let's see. My chat window is not open. Why is this? We have check check for those chat comments. We have uh, technical issues every week, and this week was wasn't too bad. It was a volume issue, but we got started on time. Wow, for once, it's kind of nice. I can't see the damn chat. We box. got started on time, and it wasn't really much technical difficulties tonight. Not very many problems. Oh, this is the thing that's going on now. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm having a couple here. Okay, now I can look at my chat thing. And nobody's chatting yet. But if you are in Spreaker, say hello. And if you have any questions or comments, we will surely address them. We'd be happy to. So, um, so how was your week? Did you do any uh, jamming? Yeah, dude, my week was awesome. So um, Wednesday had rehearsal, had really good rehearsal, you know. And, um, oh, okay, good. You know, interesting, like we talk about, uh, you know, different things on Wisdom Hour, right? So one interesting thing is that we did a bunch of weddings, right? And we had a lot of um, effort put towards the wedding video mm-hmm. and, you know, now it's come full circle to where the website almost, you know, revamping the whole website. So we're going back to, you know, we're going to shoot another video for the party band aspect of it because it's funny as the private parties, you know, we used to be our bread and butter. Then we started doing the weddings, but you know, you know, as well as I do, when you get into the wedding genre, you know, you're either a wedding, you know, a wedding specific band, right? Like 10 piece horns, ethnic singers, um, you know, a whole different level, right, for to, for weddings. Right. So we dabbled in weddings, um, you know, and we still do, but we're, we're gearing the website now more towards the party, uh, private party and, uh, you know, event other than weddings. So it's not so wedding specific. Right. That's a good idea. But, that, um, yeah, I'm excited about that, you know, because then we get to play more rocking tunes and bring back a bunch of tunes that we kind of shelved that weren't really wedding friendly, you know, we played once in a while. Right. So it'll be good to, to kind of get back into that again. Right. Um, so and then super exciting. And then Saturday night, uh, I had bought tickets for Karen's birthday a couple months ago to go see pink at Prudential center. Oh, cool. That should be a good show, man. Killer seats. And I got to say, like, I've been to a lot of concerts like you, you know, seen a ton and like my top two concerts, I'd say I saw in the past ten years was Foo Fighters and then Muse. Right. And the Foo Fighters held the title for about five years, you know. Then I saw Muse, and and they were they quickly took the top spot because it was unbelievable. You know, it was like a CD, and it was just you know three guys. It, it was awesome. Right. I must say, I think Pink was hands down the best concert I've ever been to. Really. It was, let me, let me recap it for you. So she comes out, she's high energy, you know, she's super talented, she's super cool, an instant connection with the audience, you know what I mean? She, like she's playing in a club, you know what I mean? Right. People love her. She, she had a little, a little pit in the middle of her, like she had a big heart-shaped stage with like walkways and an escalator and really cool stuff. But, you know, she does a lot of acrobatics. Yeah. So the curtain drops, That she comes out to, uh, you know, I'm coming out. You better get the party started. She's hanging from a chandelier like 50, 60 feet off of the stage. Wow. And she's tethered. She's doing backflips and all kinds of stuff and spinning. And she's got like 10 dancers, two keyboard players, chick bass player, Mark Schulman on drums, two background girl singers, another background girl playing guitar. So she had about like a dozen people on stage, you know? Right. But the amazing thing was her stage setup the stage changed like four times. It went from like super mega light show with lit up walkways to a forest where these blow up trees came out of nowhere. And then the screen behind her had a whole forest image on it with like crickets and, um, all kinds of like, you know, Amazon sounds. And it really brought you like, she took you on a journey, you know? And then at the end, she says, you know, the people all the way in the back in the upper deck don't get to see the same show as people up close. So I'm going to come visit you. And, dude, she jumps off the stage and she's tethered to this, like, giant cable system. And she flew 100 feet across the arena to the upper deck and was, like, high-fiving people. Right. And then flew back down to, like, the mezzanine and then shot across and then dropped into the crowd for a little bit. Then went up by the boxes. Like, dude, she was flying around the inside of the arena while, <laughs> while singing and doing like flips and backflips and like right. all these choreographed moves. It was, it was unbelievable. Dude. She, she was so good. Yeah. I've, really 
killer. I've, I've seen her on a, several shows, like award shows and stuff, where she's done the thing with the the uh, uh, when it, but the hanging from the ceiling where she's wrapped up in the the uh, what what do you call it? What's the the material? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like like the um, she was hanging uh, in the past, like her um, funhouse tour. You know, she was hanging from like those ropes or like they're like. Um, Almost like curtains. They're like, like silky, you know? yeah, silk, yeah, silky like, bands of some yeah. sort, right? Like gymnast bands. Yeah, yeah, she's super cool. And she's got a lot of good, a lot of hit songs. She's had a lot of uh, songs that you would know. I hear on the radio uh, all the she, time. Yeah, she played back-to-back hits. It was yeah. sold out. And she was spot on, man. Her vocals sounded great. She was powerful. She was charismatic. I mean, so inspiring, you know? Right on. Yeah, Dave, and what, Dave Newton says, uh, Pink Don't Play, she's the real deal. Oh, yeah. And, dude, her band was slamming. I mean, rock solid, super, super killer. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, just everything about it was, uh, I couldn't say enough. You know? It was really, it was just so good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to be at that level. You got to be slamming if you're playing arenas for pink. Uh, but you're playing pink covers, by the way. Yeah, and you want to know what was great? I, um... I don't know if I saved the article, but Mark Shulman basically said he's a drummer, you know, and he's played with Foreigner, he's played with Cher, he played with Simple Minds, he's played, you know, he played with tons of people, but he's like, a, you know, he jumps around a lot, right? And last time he played with Pink was, I think, five years ago when she toured. So he basically said, hey, listen, you know, so Pink calls him up and says, I'm doing world tour, I want you to come on it uh, to support the new album. The whole new album there's no live drums. It's all programmed. So he's, you know, he put it so eloquently. He said, basically all these gigs that I do, I'm learning covers. He said, no different than if I played in a cover band in a bar, except I'm in an arena and I get paid a lot more money. Yeah. It's really the same approach. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah. Same exact thing. And he put it, like I said, it was so eloquent the way he described it, where he said, you know, I'm hired to add value to the situation and I have to learn the songs that they are on the record and then Pink tells me when I can stretch and where I can stretch and then the musical director who's actually the guitar player too says you know push it here don't play it that way you know lean into it more play it on a you know a wide open crash cymbal not a hi-hat because you're in you know you're in an arena right right but um yeah dude it was it was the real deal I gotta tell you and even Karen said like you know she's been to a ton of concerts too so it was the best concert she ever saw and just for all the elements, you know, again, not for any sing one single thing. Like I saw Iron Maiden, you know, we talked about a few months back and uh, they were slamming. You know, they were a killer. Right. They sounded great. But this was just a whole nother level, man. It's, it's a show, you know. Yeah. yeah it, she, she comes flipping down off of the spinny thing, <laughs> land, spinny thing. Uh, you know, lands on the stage. The dancer disconnects her. And now she's doing the dance number with the band while singing, not missing a beat and like super choreographed. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. You know, she's tripping over one guy to fall and then someone catches her and then her feet go up and someone grabs her foot and flips her over and she lands back on her feet again. Like it was really, you know, I think I read somewhere else that it was a year they rehearsed and practiced and did the choreography and designed the set, you know, for, okay. for a year's worth of tour. So for a year, they rehearsed and prepared. Wow. You know? And dude, I'm telling you, when you see the show, it really... You know, it's it just like anything, right? You practice with your band, you know, you work on your show. When you get to play the gig, it shows. It comes out and it separates you. She was clearly in a, another league. Yeah. You know? Professional I, entertainment right there. Yeah, per, exactly. Good way to put it. Professional musician entertainer. She and, was very entertaining and put on a hell of a show. And like I said, the band was rock solid, dude. The background singers, they sang... All her parts on the album. So if she wasn't singing, it still sounded like she was singing. You know what I mean? Like they had all the all the keys and the chords and everything worked out. Right. Two keyboard players, samples, synth. Like I said, guitar, bass, drums. Um, you know, just really, really hip. And she even came out front at one point and did like an unplugged thing, you know? Right. Where the guy played like an electric acoustic and Mark Schumann just played on a floor tom and the girl played a cello. And it was really, really cool. That's but, awesome. um... Yeah, so that was my uh, that was my week. I, I had good good week. That's great. How about you? Um, yeah, I had a pretty good week. Um, uh, Saturday, it was interesting. Saturday, this was an interesting thing. I was off, and it was raining all day. We had like torrential rains, uh, you know, flood warnings, 
the day before and then all day Saturday and it was just raining all day. Kind of a miserable day. And I just kind of stayed in, had a lazy day. And then I got a call from uh, my buddy Jason who plays in a, a band on Bourbon Street in, um, at Crazy Corner. And he said, my bass player broke his bass and he's got to go drive to Baton Rouge and get another bass, which is a 45 minute each way drive. And they had like about an hour before they had to start. So he's like, can you come in and play play a f- the first set? And I'm like, dude, I'm in my pajamas. It's raining. You know, it's French Quarter Festival was this past weekend, which is a big to-do here. And they block off the quarter. But they had canceled it on Saturday uh, because of the rain. So I, I was I was thinking that the quarter was going to be blocked off. So parking, you got to park far away. You got to pay a lot of money for it. So I was thinking, like, ah, no, dude, I, I can't. And then the keyboard player of the same band texted me like 15 or 20 minutes later and said, uh, I got, we got somebody to play bass, but he doesn't have a bass. Can you just come here and bring your bass and we'll pay you? And, I, and I'm like, ah, dude, you know, it's kind of the same answer. Like, um, you know, I'm just <laughs> I'm in my pajamas. It's, you know, it's for where I live now, it's a little further away. So I, it's a 20... No traffic. It's about a twenty-minute ride um, to get there, and then parking is on the weekend. It's just a pain in the ass. Now, even when it's there's no festivals going on, so I'm like, nah. And then I go out and I'm walking my dog, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I'm just sitting around here on a rainy day doing nothing, watching TV, and my friends need help. And I'm like, so I came back in and I called Jason back. I said, did you find a solution to your problem yet? He's like, no, nah, man, I don't know what to do. I said, I'll be there in twenty minutes. So I just, I, I hadn't showered in two days. <laughs> I got all this scruff on my face. It's just a lazy dog dangling Saturday that I'm just rainy. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Um, but then I'm like, yeah, I need to help my friends out. So just got myself together real quick, put a hat on. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. And um, got there, and it took me... The quarter was not blocked off, so I was able to get in, but it took me a good 15 minutes at least to find a parking spot because it's just... It's... Either you pay to park and that's usually a kind of a far walk or you try to find free parking but free parking is on the street it's kind of like kind of like hoboken new jersey the way it's set up the one-way streets everywhere and and it's a big to do to find parking so but i finally did find parking and then i got there and they're playing they started because it was past time when they needed to start so they started and they had this guy playing bass on the keyboards and uh, it, w- it wasn't the keyboard player. It was the singer, actually, one of the singers. And uh, so I just tuned up real quick, plugged in direct. It was just a DI box and plugged in direct. And Soundman got me dialed in really quick and then started playing. And then about three quarters of the way into the song, the, the bass player walks in with his other bass. <laughs> the first song. So, so, but I ended up playing like four songs. And... Uh, Jason gave me a drink ticket, and uh, and uh, I think they're going to pay me, actually, for playing one set, but I played four songs, um, and that was it. Easy peasy. And uh, hung out in the quarter for a while, and when it, it's actually kind of fun on a weekend night to go there and not play and get to go hop around and see my friends playing in other bands. and that it, is cool. Yeah, hear what they're doing and say hello. And everybody seems to want to buy me a drink too all the time. I walk in, they're like, "Hey, you want a shot?" I'm like, all right. Twist my arm. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess. You know, I guess. And uh, so that was cool. And then last night, last night was very interesting too because it was the last day of French Quarter Festival, and since it was canceled on Saturday, you figure it's going to be busier on the last day on Sunday. And uh, it was a nicer day, a little cool but sunny and I rode in with my singer cause the quarter was going to be locked off. So we needed to uh, kind of get dropped off and I, there was no way I was driving in to find parking or pay for parking. It's like 40 bucks, man, for parking. Crazy. Um, 
So we got in, and it seemed like it was like busy traffic-wise. And then we're walking down Bourbon Street to get to the club, and it wasn't that busy in, on the street. Um, and then we get in and start playing, and we played our first double, two 45-minute sets, and it was just dead. I mean, there was just <laughs> six. There was no. Like, there was, yeah. There, <laughs> there were just like like six people in the club maybe at a time and you know a couple of people that were enjoying what we were doing but it was just dead and we were just like Bleh. so we did our first two we went on break and then we came back and it was still just take a half hour break we came back and it was still just kind of Bleh. and then people started trickling in it was it was a little slow rise that was um you almost don't even notice when we're when we're playing because we just because people walk in and out all the time. There's no cover charge. There's no blah blah blah. You can just walk in and out with your your alcohol. And uh, but it started building slowly, slowly, and then I noticed, and I'm like, okay, we have a room now. We're starting to get a room. And then Tracy went out with the bucket, and we have a tip bucket. For those of you who don't know New Orleans, we have a tip bucket uh, that we it's part of our income, and the singer walks around the room with it. On occasion, usually once a set, but Tracy kind of does it a little bit more. So after she did that, she came back to stage, and then uh, uh, a New Orleans, a famous New Orleans guy, Rock and Doopsy, um, came in. And the last time that Rock and Doopsy came in to see us and get up and play with us was when you were here. You were playing drums at the time. Do you remember? Yes, this? the cat with the hat. Yep, I remember him. <laughs> the cat with the hat. Black dude. He's he's uh, he always wears the sunglasses and a white cowboy hat. Yep, and um, he plays. I was gonna say the same guy we played with. Yeah, that was the last time he was here. Was when you were here, and um, he's kind maybe, of he's kind of a big. Thought, he thought I was in town again. He was stopping by. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of a big deal here. Um, he he's on like commercials on TV and stuff, and and um, he plays washboard and he sings, and he's just a very charismatic, uh, good looking guy. He's he's and he's just a. He he's the, he's the deal, you know. He he knows what he's doing. So he plays he plays washboard. He plays washboard. Uh, washboard. I mean, they, there's Cajun music here, Zydeco and stuff. I play, I play washboard, bro. And I I mean, it's funny you say it, but when you see the people that are playing washboard that are really good at it, you're like, holy cow, man! That that is it takes some skill. It's I play washboard on my abs. <laughs> Um, it's, it's a very percussive, obviously instrument, but it's, but I mean, there's yeah. a lot, there's really a lot to, to it, to, to be, no. to being good yeah, at it. You gotta be good at it though. It's a, yeah. it's a hard thing to play. Yeah. Um, but he sings too. So he got up and sang, uh, with us. Um, we did superstitious, uh, superstition by Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Um, and, um, I never know if it's superstition or superstitious. It's superstitious. It's superstition, but it's very superstitious. Right. But vocals. people call it both, so it's superstition. Um, so he did that, and then uh, Tracy walked around the room again, and then Tracy came back up, and we did Let's Get It On. They both did it. Um, yeah. And... Uh, I think we did that last time when I was there, too. Yeah. And then we did Pride and Joy, I believe, by Stevie Ray. Um and it was cool. So now at this point, the room is kind of packed. You know, the Doopsie's on stage and everybody's digging it. And it's just high energy. And it's so interesting how the dynamic of, of the whole thing can change and does change often in, in, a, in a single night. You know, it goes from this dreary sort of, uh, it's dead, we're playing the same stupid tunes and this isn't really fun. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know, it's a, it's a packed room and, and everybody's like, woohoo, this is great. <laughs> so, so it was a good night. We ended up doing five sets. So we did three after the break um, and uh, got good tips and uh, ended up having a good night. So that was, that was last night. That was, that was really cool. Is it Doopsy or Doopsy? Doopsy, like with a P. Doopsy, like I've been duped right, by Doopsy. Right. Yeah, it's D-O-O-P-S-I-E, I think. Doopsy. Rockin' Doopsy. He's on, I see him on TV all the time. Like he's on commercials for like advertising stuff going on. And, you know, he's playing his washboard. It's it's funny. And so he's playing Jazz Fest too, at, which is in two weeks is the first week. Jazz Fest is over. Uh, over two weekends, and uh, he's playing washboard at Jazz Fest. Uh, I guess I don't know. Hmm. 
I don't know who he's playing with, but he said it on the mic a couple times. Like, come see me at Jazz Fest. Yeah. <laughs> me and my washboard. Me, if I, me and my washboard. He does laundry out back. But he loves Tracy, my singer, uh, and Tracy's badass. Um, so that's kind of why he comes in to stop in to see us because he loves to sing with her and stuff. Um, Tracy, who, by the way, I'll give her a shout out. She's actually probably on her way to the gig tonight, but she is getting inducted into the West Bank Hall of Fame. West Bank is the section of uh, New Orleans where I live, uh, uh, but she's getting uh, inducted into that as a singer. So congratulations to her. Wow, cool. Tracy Angelie Edwards. Congrats. Yes. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. So, um, that's it. Yeah, I'm playing tomorrow. So that's why we're doing this podcast tonight. Playing tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. That's great. You know, real quick, just going back to what we talked about earlier. So I found this little excerpt. There's two things he was saying. Uh, this is back to Mark Truman when he's playing with Pink. He said, um, always give 150% or stay positive and be persistent. Because right. he said that um, in the early 90s he auditioned for Foreigner, but a month after getting the, the nod for the gig, the phone still hadn't rung. He found out later that their producer, Ken Forsey, had brought in drummer Tal Bergman because he already knew Tal's playing wasn't familiar with Mark, even though Mark was, you know, got the audition and was told that the gig was his. So he said, this is the point where I could have got disappointed and pissed off, but said, oh, that's it. I said, no, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to try to get to know Keith. So he called him and left him a message and said, hey, this is Mark Schulman. I know you don't know me, but I'm the guy who actually got the foreigner gig. So if your current drummer is not available, give me a call. Sure enough, three months later, he called in a frenzy saying, can you come do this track for Beverly Hills Cop 3? I went down and did the track. From that point, Keith recommended me to Billy Idol when they recorded a track for the Speed soundtrack, and then he became Billy's drummer. Then when he was on a break from Foreigner gig, from the Foreigner tour, the same guy, Keith, who was a producer, called him to do a track with Simple Minds. He met the guys. They enjoyed each other's company. We got together. One track turned into a whole record, and he ended up joining Simple Minds and doing a, you know, a, a tour with them. So his lesson to that story is right even though he didn't get the first gig he wasn't belligerent about it and burn a bridge right he engaged the guy and said hey you know i understand for whatever reason you're going in the direction you're going that's cool but if you need you know if you need me i'm here and then he ended up getting you know three more gigs out of it um you know which is cool and so he was saying you know you wake up every day with a attitude of gratitude that he's still being able to do this and never take it for granted and uh you know, there's a gig out there and someone has to do it. And then he quoted Bruce Lee and said, you know, be like water, which I don't know if we had talked about that, but I had said that a while ago. If you put water into a cup, it becomes a cup. You put it into a teapot, it becomes a teapot. You put it in a bottle, it becomes a bottle, right? Right. So throughout his career, Mark was called to fill in for other drummers on short notice, including a short stint with Velvet Revolver. Um, he did the last month of the tour because Matt Soren broke his hand. Uh he had two days to learn the material, no rehearsals. He had to go to the, just walk into the gig and play. So he listened to the DVDs, the live DVDs, and tried to get the nuances of the live show uh, in addition to the studio track. And, you know, he wanted to see where did he change it up, where did he lay back, where did he push, what was the approach live, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, like I said earlier, he said, basically what I've done has been a glorified top 40 gig because most of the time I haven't played on the record. Um I haven't played on any of Pink's stuff. I'm either learning programmed parts or some other guy's parts anyway and then expanding on those. So he says, I'm basically doing the same as any other guy playing in a bar band. I'm playing somebody else's parts with a lot more people watching. But I wouldn't play them with any less enthusiasm if I was playing in a bar than if I was playing in an arena or a stadium. Always give 150% of yourself and you will get called back. Right. right. Good stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really the right approach too. And, and I, wanted, I was thinking about where you're talking about that. Um, I think it's very important and I really need to get better at this myself too but I think it's very important to have specific goals um, for what you want to do because like a cat like that wanted to do that he had the vision to do something at least along those lines or at that level 
and for him to have that having that goal then you you are sort of provided with the steps to take to get to that goal um and you know i had my dream was always i want to play music for a living and i i wouldn't say i mean i certainly never had a specific goal to move to new orleans and do it for a living um i didn't even consider that as an option i didn't i didn't know it was an something available but my goal was just i want to play music for a living and you know that because i was you know spouting about that when i was working with you sure and you know for years and years you know that was really just i want to play music for a living i mean for probably my whole life at least when i started playing bass um but um i was just thinking about like man like this is great you know i've been here for almost eight years and it's been great being here but I'm thinking that I might want to make a change soon. And I want to live, I really want to live on the beach, man. I want to live where there's warm weather and I can go swimming. Um, so I'm thinking. Thinking of relocating? I, well, I'm thinking I'm going to end up in Los Angeles eventually. Or somewhere around there. And that's, you know, if I want to play on that, at that level, you know, in the the professional entertainment music business. Um, you need to be in Los Angeles or New York, I guess, but really probably Los Angeles um, where you can go meet people and go hang with people and go on auditions and, and rub elbows with the right people. Um, Cause like you were talking about that dude playing in, in foreigner and Billy Idol. And so like Tishy played in bar foreigner and Billy Idol and a bunch of others, different drummers. And a lot of the bands that Tishy played in have had several different drummers that are on that professional level um so that's ultimately what i want to do you know yeah it's all about who you know you know because billy Arico auditioned for foreigner too you know tishy got him and they ended up going with the guy um i think danny carmasi who had played with counting crows because the producer knew him you know so again same thing as like what shuma was just saying Billy crushed it, you know, killed the audition, got the nod, like, you're the guy. Right. And then when it came down to it, it was like, well, this other guy just came off a tour, and he's worked with the producer before, and he's going to do the gig, mm-hmm. you know, rather than an unknown guy. So to your point, yes, you know, as long as people know who you are, you will get calls for the gigs because people recommend people that they like and people that they've played with sure. and that they know and they trust. And, you know, sure. no different than if I recommended you or you recommended me for a gig. It's like, oh, dude, I got a guy for you. Right. And you're going to love them, you know? Right. And, you know, I have really, working here on Bourbon Street is really like boot camp for musicians because you're playing long hours, especially if you're playing at the the bigger clubs or the clubs that get the most um, uh, people in there. Like the Famous Door is the best club on Bourbon Street for bands. It's just the best, it's in the best location. It's set up the right way for people to come in and stay um and um you end up there playing seven eight nine sets a night um which is a long time it's a lot of songs (laughs) you know you figure like 10 average of like 10 songs a set and you're playing seven eight sets you you know you're playing 70 80 songs a night i mean that's that's and then you're doing it night after night after night too so I think this has really prepared me well for anything else because you know there's nowhere else where you where you're going to really play for that long. Um, no, that's a long gig, man. I mean, even when, like I said, we just, you know, Pink played, and it was very exact. You know, she started exactly at nine and she finished at ten to eleven. Right. So now a buck forty five. Fifty minutes, yeah. no break. Uh, a buck fifty, yeah. Um, no break, yeah, but I'm sure she had costume change breaks and things like that. Where there's other stuff as other on. as other things were going on, she had a lot right. of visual stuff too, like up on the uh, screen behind her. You know, a lot of different messages, a lot of different, uh, you know, um, empowerment for women and and and, and pro, um, you know, gay and lesbian active and rights and. Um, a lot, lot of cool stuff, a lot of messages, you know, a lot of positive, inspirational 
types of things. She told a couple stories, you know, she did a few costume changes, but for the most part, I mean, they played, you know, right. I mean, she probably did oh, 20, 20, 25 songs in that time. I right. mean, she cranked them, you know, they were back to back to back to back. Right. That seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 20, 20. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really good. Like I said, um, but what, and, and, you know, and another interview I read with another guy in the band said that, you know, she, she puts out 150%. She expects everyone in the band to do the same. Sure. And if you don't, then she replaces you with someone who, who wants to right. do that, you right. know, and she only wants to be surrounded by positive, energetic, good energy people, right. you know, cool. that are going to really add to the show. Yeah. And, and it shows, you know, she must have really weeded out and got the cream of her crop because, I mean, from the dancers to the band to the background, you know, singers and, and you know, crew people, it was just, you know, it was, it was really, it was quite the spectacle, I got to say, you know. Right. That's good. And, that, yeah. and they pack it all up and do it again, you know, two nights later. Right. <laughs> and that's, a, like, that's a good point that goes a long way of having a good attitude and, and being positive and stuff. But, I, you know, I was thinking, and it, this is sort of me giving advice to myself, too, um, I would say if if you have that sort of dream and you want to play, say you want to be the bass player or the drummer or a background singer in Pink, with Pink or with anybody that's at that level or whatever, you know, just whoever you would really, like, it's your dream. I would love to play with this person or at this level. Che- check into the people that are doing it and see who they are and see what they've done and, and see how they've gotten there and see what their practices are and see what their, you know, their attitudes are and, and all that and and try you know in a childlike way you know like when you're a kid you admire people and then you try to sort of emulate what they do um and it should be no different really when you're an adult um to look at that if that's your because then you're, you're prepared for it you know what to, what to do but you can bring your own individual thing to it your personality and your your talents your specific talents Absolutely. You know, because, yeah, I mean, I can't do this forever, man. <laughs> as much as I love it, I love I love playing. I love that's the bottom line for me is I love to play. I love to play in a live situation with live musicians. That is what gets me the juice, man, is just that the organic nature of it, the, the volume, the just all about it. I, I That's what I love. So wherever I can do that is great. However, you know, this, it, you like I, to do it by the ocean somewhere. I want to do it by the ocean. Yes, that is it. I want to be able to go out on the beach and 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 have it be nice all the time. <laughs> I mean, don't I don't mind the rain sometimes or the snow even and stuff. But who doesn't want to have like? 70 80 degree days every day and oh yeah i mean yeah. you know if you live in that climate you get used to it you know but I, i'm working with a guy and he moved to california and he would email me once in a while and be like dude you know 82 degrees eating lunch outside and it's like february you know right and we're dying here under like snow and just getting crushed right right, right. and i've had the, the the advantage here in louisiana to have good weather you know it doesn't get really cold a lot um, so I had that, but in the summer, it's just brutal, it's humid. It's yeah. Hot. It's definitely not like California or Vegas or that type of weather, you right. know? So Dave Newton played it in Berkeley, California last October and he said he met country Joe and I'm not sure who country Joe is, but cool. He plays washboard too. It <laughs> sounds like he would. Sings a little bit. So I'm going in, um, two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. 28th, I'm going to see um, Chris Robinson from the Black Crows is doing a, a mini tour. He's calling it As the Crow Flies. And he has not played um, Black Crows. It, the Black Crows has broken up. They broke up. And so he hasn't played any Black Crows uh, shows in, I think it was five years, he said. Something like that. I read an article about it when this was first announced. Um, so he's they're playing here on the 28th. Uh, me and my brother are going to see that. Um, uh, oh, Dave! Sorry, Dave said they played at Woodstock. Country Joe and the Fish. That's Country Joe. Country Joe McDonald. Okay, 
Super cool. Ronald's cousin. <laughs> they played at Woodstock. So that's going to be cool because I, I don't, I think there may be one or two people that were in the Black Crows that are playing with him on this tour, but uh, the, the rest of the people are playing Black Crows covers. <laughs> so yeah. That, they're, and they're, I mean, listen, getting back to what you just said, if you have a dream, you have the right attitude, you have a lofty goal, you know, you put it on paper, you put time to it, right? And then that dream becomes a goal because you're giving yourself a path how to get there, um, a passion, right, to get you there. But you're going to do whatever you have to take, right? Do whatever it takes to get there, you're going to do it, you know? And that was that was the interesting thing, too. Like I said, at, at Pink, I hate to keep going back to her show, but she said, you know, there's one piece of advice I, I ever give anyone when they ask me what's one thing that's made you successful, and she said, stay true to yourself. There you know, you don't try to copy and be somebody else and don't, uh, placate other people. Be true to yourself and do what you know. Have your own goals and do what you know you want to do. And sure enough, you know you stay the course and you, you're determined and be, be persevere and stay positive and you will succeed. Yeah. You know? So no doubt in my mind that if you want to go to California and that's your goal and your your dream is to do that, that you you know we'll be doing Wisdom Hour. You'll be broadcasting from L.A. Yeah. Um. You know, because I, I know you and I know the type of person that you are. You, you want to do it. You'll think about it and you'll, you know, you'll you'll carefully think about it and tactfully take time to plan it out. But eventually, when the time comes, you will do it. You will go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not positive that it's L.A. You know, I, maybe Florida. I, but I mean, if you're going to be. Yeah. If you want to be in the professional music scene, you need to be there. Um, you need to. Because that's where everybody is, <laughs> you know. Oh, Na- Nashville too is, is super happening. Yeah, Nashville. I, and I've never been to Nashville, so I would like to go to Nashville. Um, so it's very much like New Orleans in the in the fact that I've been there several times, and you know, you walk down the street, and there's 20 clubs, and there's 20 bar, you know, it's 20 right. band playing. Right. But you know, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. They're I, playing all the time. My my issue with Nashville is I don't know anybody that lives there. Yeah. You know, I, and not that I have an aversion to going somewhere completely just not knowing anybody and just like just starting from scratch. Just go in and, and meet people and, and, and see what happens, which is kind of what I did here, although I did kind of know somebody and then kind of knew one, two, two other people. Yeah, it helps to know someone, right? Just to, hey, this just is my friend a, Steve, yeah. and introduce you to this guy, and then you know, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've, yeah, since about I, from that, from that, just that little bit, I ended up meeting a ton of people. You know, I've played with dozens and dozens and dozens of musicians here, and um, you know, played like I was talking about last week in the, in the ballpark of fifteen hundred gigs, probably more. Yeah, they'd be like, this is my friend Steve. He's the whiz in the, of the wisdom hour. Right. But I'm also thinking about the whole Cover Band Central thing because I, I, you know, and I've been slacking on this for the last couple months since I moved on getting back to the, launching the website, getting it going. And, and I apologize to anybody there that's been waiting for it. Um, I've definitely had a lot to deal with over the last few months. Um, but I, I promise that I'm going to get back on that. And there's the potential for this to be very big and for me to be in Los Angeles with having cover band central and perhaps maybe getting an office and then start hiring a staff and really making it as big as I envision it to be. That seems like it would be a good place to be to do that. You know, Los Angeles. Yeah. Sunny beach. Yeah. And access to, the kind of things that I really want access to 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 make this what I want to make it, because um, I, I want to branch this out into other forms of, forms of of media. You know, I want to do live shows. I want to do, I want to make a documentary film about cover bands. Um, I I have an outline for a book that I'm writing. Um, so to to really launch all that stuff, it'd be good to be in Los Angeles. So. Since I'm talking about it, the universe is starting to get everything in motion. Just, yeah. Just because I'm talking about it with you and all of our listeners. 
Very cool. Of which right now is just Dave, I think. Although Kyle David deals, and, and I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't mention him, but he, he, uh, when we first started playing, he just said, "Finally catching you live," which is really cool. So thanks, Kyle, for listening. Appreciate Where's uh, Chunk tonight? I don't know. I don't know where any of my team is. Alec and um, Kimberly. Kimberly, AKC. Yes. yes. So they've been. Uh, Alec Kimberly Chunk. Yeah. I have been so. I A. <laughs> I have tonight. so been not active in the group, uh, although I go in and I do the the uh, uh, approvals every day for the for uh, the new requests. Um, other than that, I have not been active in it. So things are going to be changing. Dave called well, us slackers. Know, yeah, a great quote by Dom Famularo, the, the, the great Dom. Um, original, the original wisdom is um, if the leader is slightly out of focus, then the followers are blind, right? So if you're steering the ship much like we just talked about, you know, any great leader, you know, you got to lead by example and you got to get in the weeds and you got to, you know, if people see you working hard, then they're inspired to work even harder, you know? Yeah. And and the thing that was really working well too was doing the live streams or, or the video with the green screen and everything. And I just, that's yeah. where I hit a big stumbling block is where, cause I, I had it working. I had it working so good. And then it just stopped working. The It was choppy again. And it just, it's like, ah, oh, I don't know what else to do to make this work, but I have to get back and 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 figure out a way to do it. But I also have the option to do recorded videos, so I haven't been doing that either. So that's and that's fun for me too. So I need to get back on doing that, and um, and everything else will fall. But especially in your new pad, dude, you have a green screen room. Yes, I do. Hold up, studio room going, which is where I'm sitting now. I have the uh, I have a desk here. (laughs) I have the mixing board. I have two laptop computers. I have the lighting. I have the green screen. It's pretty badass, actually. Um, It's badass. Yeah, yeah. I need to get. I mean, it's it. There was a financial thing with moving and stuff, and. And I'm trying to play catch up a little bit more, so I'm doing some other different work during the day, and I'm only playing three nights a week regularly. So that's so I'm having having to supplement it with other income during the day. So it, it's it's not afforded me a lot of time to work on CBC, but it's only temporary, and I'll be caught up pretty soon. And it's likely, well, I'm playing four nights this week, but it's likely that I'll eventually end up being five nights at the swamp. So. Um, if that works out, then then things would be much better for me, man. Mucho gooder. Mucho gooder. Um, and then, uh, yeah, this awful play. But in the meantime, it's still growing. I, I'm really excited for the Coverman Central page to hit 100,000 people, um, six figures. To me, that's a big, big milestone. And it's coming, brother. Yeah, I know. It's it's growing, you know, uh consistently um so i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> we'll drum roll for your hundred thousand person coming i'm thinking with the uh with the current momentum it will be by the end probably by the end of may maybe june when we hit that six figures so. i was gonna say like summertime like june 1st is a good goal for a hundred thousand you know yeah and i have ways of of expediting this too and i don't do it every day um so um i'm doing this this stuff i'm doing all by myself i I, you know i'm lucky i have alec and kimberly in the group that are taking care of stuff in there um but everything else i'm kind of doing on my own so uh dave said he's pulling for me though he said i'm pulling for you steve and he called it adulting what what did you call adulting dave adulting adulting something i said he called adulting i guess Hmm. Oh, I know what he's talking about because I was saying, well, you know, I got to do this work during the day. I got to do what I got to do. Um, so very adult like that, that was the Steve. adulting part of it. Not adolescent. day job. Yeah. All right. He said, yeah, day job. Um, yeah. So and it's not really I mean, I have this flexibility, too, with that. Um, so that's kind of a, a good thing. But I, I've had to really to to really bust my ass, uh, especially lately. So. Um, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing what I gotta do, man. You do whatever it takes. Just like Imagine Dragons, right? The new song. 
Whatever it takes. Yeah. You do whatever it takes, brother. Yeah, but don't lose sight of the vision, which I've kind of lost sight of no, it a you, little bit. You do whatever it takes, but for you know to achieve the vision. So if it means to, you know doing something outside of the vision's wheelhouse to support the vision, then it needs to be done because it's still yeah. contributing towards the overall goal of achieving the vision. Yeah, but do it with do it with the with drive and passion. It, like before I came to New Orleans, I was working for about a year year and a half maybe even close to 2 years at Home Depot and I wasn't making a whole lot of money I was I was on a a, a team of I remember it well my friend yeah I and I wasn't a regular Home Depot employee I was I forget what the name of the the team was called but we were we were in charge of merchandising and uh you know changing like putting the price tags up on things on the on the on the yeah, and on the beams and and uh, just keeping things in order making this cleaning stuff up, um, you know, a lot of different things. And we would start work at 6 a.m., which is not a musician hour to start. Um, but I was, you know, I was doing that. I was working, it was 6 to 2.30. And then I would come home, and I had, like, this eBay business. And I was, I would come home, and I would work on eBay, um, the eBay business, and, and you know, selling stuff and making money that way. And then a couple nights a week, I was giving lessons, bass lessons, and I would drive to like both of the. I had two students, and they were both like like a forty-five minute drive away, and it was an hour lesson. And and then I was playing on the weekends here and there, but I was doing, I you know, I was just doing it like like hardcore, just getting up for me to get up at five o'clock in the morning or five thirty in the morning to go to work. That's not something I ever had to do or something I would think I would ever be able to do. But I did. For some reason, it was easy for me, easier for me to wake up at 5.30 or 5 o'clock than it was to wake up at like 9 o'clock for work. I don't know why. It's weird. But I would mm. stay up. I, I would get like six, five or six hours night uh, hours sleep every night and then just go and do it all over again every day. And and I did it without complaining. I did it with without under even knowing that eventually that was going to lead me to this opportunity to to move to New Orleans um, because that was the last thing I was doing in New Jersey before I moved. And um, so, yeah. So you got to do what you got to do. You know, I wouldn't choose to work at Home Depot at six o'clock in the morning ever. Um, but I did it, and I I did it because I had to do it, and. And it led me to the thing that I really wanted. So the thing that I'm doing now, working during the day, as long as I do it, you know, consistently and with with passion and and uh, you know, it will lead me to the thing I want. I yes, think, it I, will. I believe. You know, you just gotta you gotta do. Yeah, it's adulting. We're not uh, we're not kids anymore. Well, like I said, you do whatever it takes, right? Like we just did that biggest loser at work, you know? Mm -hmm. And the only time I can work out is in the morning before work. And you know, I get up at 5 to go to work. So I get up at 3. Right. That's that's something, man. It's commitment, but once you, you know, like anything else, it's a habit, it's a routine. Once you get into it, it just becomes part of your day, you know? You don't even think about it. You know, like you're downstairs at 3 a.m. Um, I did that for a while, too, with drums. I wanted to, um, you know, really work on, like, some pad technique and get my chops really, you know, to A, A plus. The only time I could do it was in the morning. So I would get up early, an hour, hour and a half before I would normally get up and go downstairs and shed, you know, for an hour uninterrupted. No phone calls, no kids, no, no. Nobody looking for you, just private time, you know. Right. And once you set that time aside, you start to it becomes like a sacred space where you you look forward to it, you know. And when the alarm goes off, you're not saying, "Oh, I gotta get up and do this thing." You get, you're like, "Oh man, it's, you know, it's my my special time." <laughs> my special my secret, time. You know, yeah, it's like my secret time. Right. You know, there's no demands on you. It's your time to do whatever you want. Like I said, no one's looking for you. The phone's not ringing. No one's emailing you. 
you're just, you know, you're free to do whatever you want to do. And there's no pressure to have to be done by a certain time. You know what I mean? Because you know you have an hour's worth of stuff to do and you have an hour and a half, two hours to do it. So there's no sense of urgency or rushing. You know what I mean? It's very calm, soothing, relaxing time. Right. And like I said, you're excited to get up to go do it because you're not looking at it like, oh, shit, I got to get up. It's early and I'm, I'm tired. You, you know, the alarm goes off and you're like, I got to get yeah, I got to get up and go. Yeah. You're excited to do it. Yeah. You know, I haven't used an alarm clock in I couldn't even tell you last time. Um, yeah. And and I but I naturally wake up generally at the same time every day, like, you know, between eight and ten somewhere in around that ballpark no matter when i go to sleep and then i just i start my day um yeah i I don't like the abrupt nature of alarm clocks and and most of the time that i've had to use an alarm clock to wake up i wasn't doing something that i really wanted to do (laughs) when i woke up yeah my alarm clock's not like uh like a very abrasive alarm you know it's like very soothing kind of chimes and it's low and it's kind of like tingly sounding you know what i mean it's like very i awaken to that sound and i put my phone across the room you know what i mean so i can then right, go right. and and get up you know it's not just lean over and hit the button like if you have to get up and go turn it off you know you're up and your feet are on the floor you're up right you know you're, you're out of bed right that's that's the key for me you know yeah i would and always, then I'm yeah. yeah i would always go back to sleep I, th- there was a point where I was w- using three different alarm clocks to make sure I got on. <laughs> I, you know, like a clock radio and then just like a, a on my phone and another little portable buzzer or something or other. Just But that's a big difference, though. If you're excited to get up, you you want to get up, you know? Like, think about when you were a kid, like at Christmas time, you know, or on your birthday or something, you know, like... You know, the alarm went off like you were up, you know, like Christmas morning. You know, you weren't sleeping in like, ah, I'll get up in two hours from now. Right. You know what I mean? Like that second that you were awake, you were up. So if you find something you're passionate about and you're excited about and you want to do it, and believe me, there's not much excitement or passion to, to want to go downstairs and, and, and work out, you know, like either ride a bike or lift weights or do an exercise routine. It's strenuous, you know, exercise first thing in the morning, like you're putting yourself right in the fire. But after you've done it for a while, it becomes routine to where you embrace it. Right. I can say it was much more enjoyable to go downstairs and play drums, you know, sure. at three o'clock in the morning than it was to exercise. No doubt about that, you know. So I'll get back into that, too. But once the weather gets warm... Uh, I ride a bike in the morning, you know, outside on a road right? for, you know, 45 minutes before work. And I usually, you know, sunrise, maybe 530. So I still have some private time in the morning and then get to ride. So I may go back to the drumming from, you know, 330 to 430 or a quarter to five and then eat breakfast and then go for a ride. Right. You know, because that's the other thing, too. Like when you're out, you know, in that early dawn, pre-twilight, birds chirping, sunrise, it's like a magical time, you know. It really sets the stage for your day right. and your mindset, puts you in a different place, you know. Yeah, I wish I could do it. I mean, because I think that is really kind of what made the difference for me back then, too, was getting up early at that time and starting my day early. It really made it really made the day much more productive uh, because, you know, I was done with my job at 2.30 in the afternoon. And then, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon, you still got plenty of time to do other stuff before Tra- oh, yeah. traditional type of bedtime and I was you know I would still stay up until like 11 o'clock or, or 12 o'clock um, and then like I said yeah I get like five hours sleep um, and then get up and do it all over again so I, I, for me it's it's tough man for for me as work as a working musician because sometimes I'm getting home at 1 30 you know in, in in the morning and then I can't just come home and go to sleep. You know, I'll, I'll you know, watch a couple TV shows, uh, schedule CBC posts for the next day, um, and, you know, just do some reading or, or whatever, and then I'm not in bed until, you know, if I'm home at 1.30, I'm not in bed till 3, 3.30. Yeah, but then five hours, six hours later, that's right around the time you get up between 8 and 10. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, that's what I do. And then I'll t- generally take a nap every day for like an hour, which is always... Oh, naps are so awesome, dude. I, yeah. I so miss taking naps. 
Naps are great. Yeah. It's, and I just got my new furniture too. So taking a nap on my new couch is like, ah, oh, this is great. Nap on the soft, new, fluffy couch. <laughs> <laughs> a little couch. couch. Couch napping. Couch napping is good. Um, so uh, what do you got coming up? Anything coming up? You got a few gigs coming up. I have opportunity for a few sub gigs actually with Kel. I've been subbing with uh, Richie Moscola's band, uh, Mr. Lovejoy. Oh, Mr. Lovejoy. You know what? Uh, I, Rich, did I tell you this? Richie was down here. Um, but I'm gonna say a month ago, he was here. He did a, a uh, I guess I didn't tell you this. He he, he did a, a cruise gig with uh, uh, Jim, Jimmy and the Parrots. Is that the name of it? Uh, uh, and just you know, covers uh, just traditional covers stuff. Yeah. And so something happened to their bass player, and Kel's been gigging with them yeah. pretty regularly. Sorry, um, okay. you know, three four times a week. Cool. Oh, okay, um, that's cool. He yeah, he because he told me if I come up, I, I told him I might come up in the fall, and he said, uh, "Let me know, and and uh, you come play bass." Yeah. So there's a couple of dates that they need drums for, so I may do that. Um, oh, good. You know, days down the shore, summertime, like June, so like Martells or Nordies or something like that. Nice. So that'd be, it'd be a good time, you know? be fun. But again, like I said, Kel, you know, networking a bunch of stuff and, uh, you know, in between our gigs, like he wants to play more. So he's been playing with those guys, like I said, a couple times a week. And, uh, you know, it's been, uh, he's been networking, making, you know, good contacts and, and getting out there and it, it's good stuff. Excellent. Good for him. Yeah, so we got that coming up. And just excited to really rehearse and work on, you know, the show, so to speak, for the for the new video, you know? Very cool. And I've, I've already got the wheels turning on rearranging some stuff and metalizing some things and making it like a real show, like you and I used to talk about, you know? Sure. It's not like a gig and you're not just running through the tunes and trying to keep the dead air down, but a show, you know? Sure. With a, with a real... Um, narrative to it you know yeah, yeah. You, you stick to it it's a, it's, a, it's a show it's not just a gig and it's not just a couple of tunes on a set list but yeah. an actual show you know? yeah yeah to tie this all together i i think the mentality of what pink does you know putting together an entertainment program is it can be translated into even your club gig your bar gig you can still take that mentality and put together a show a, a, an entertaining it, it you shouldn't just be out there playing songs just playing songs you're not a jukebox you you're 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 visual and you want to be visual and you you have the opportunity to do the same thing that she does even at that level at a bar level at a club level just by putting some thought and care into it and and really having um having a solid unit you know, having a good leader, having, you know, and having people that are, that care about what they're doing. Um, so yeah, man, I'm glad you're doing that. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the results of what you guys come up with, you know, for your party stuff. Yeah. Should be, should be fun. It'll be good. And I'll keep you guys posted for sure. Very cool. All right. So we, uh, wrapping up an hour here. Um, I will be at the swamp 516 bourbon street, New Orleans uh, tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, every Sunday, Wednesday and Thursday, and then occasionally other days. If anybody's in New Orleans, please come in, say hello. And uh, that's it. We did two weeks in a row, man. <laughs> awesome. Yes. That wraps up Cover Band Central Ooh, Wisdom Hour, number 27. Coverbandcentral.com. You can still sign up. Check us out on Facebook if you're not already on the page. And in the group, join up. Visit Tony's uh, website, thewisenheimersband.com. And we'll see you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 